Hello, good morning, and welcome to the number one result on Google for Autonomous Cars podcasts. This is Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, Friday, the 25th of January, 2019, episode 77, a relatively quick episode this, because I'm thrilled and honored to announce I've been invited to join the good folks over at Tucker Ellis LLP. They are a Cleveland, Ohio-based law firm. We're going to be chatting on their podcast about all sorts of interesting legal matters and issues surrounding autonomous cars generally, so um, I'll let you know as soon as that podcast goes live. It should be pretty fascinating stuff. Right, so today then... We're going to talk a bit about German automakers' push to form a consortium, a set of standards for autonomous cars. I finally had a go at MIT's moral machine to figure out how I would decide to do things in that accursed trolley paradox. And as you've probably heard, Apple has gone ahead and slashed a further 200 jobs from their Project Titan autonomous cars project. What the heck is going on? Anyway, let's dive in and discuss all of this right now. Real quick, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our last episode on Tuesday, that's episode 76, um, specifically the first segment, please do so now before even listening to today's episode. Here's why. Uh, The segment uh, was all about David New. He's a gentleman down in Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, 18 years ago, he came down with a an awful disease that took away his eyesight, his hearing, and left him paralyzed from the waist down. He has since more or less recovered his hearing and his mobility, uh, but he is still blind. He's gone ahead to found no fewer than four organizations for the advancement and awareness and assistance for folks with disabilities. And he has reached out to me with a request for introductions to folks at Ford's Argo.ai, which are testing autonomous vehicles in Florida, as well as John Krafzik, specifically uh, the CEO of Waymo, uh, because he is doing everything he can to fast-track autonomous vehicle deployment in Florida, if only to assist with folks with disabilities who have effectively lost any chance of mobility just getting from A to B. So if you have any, if you know any of these folks at Ford's Argo.ai or John Krafzik at Waymo specifically, or if you know anybody who does, please reach out to me directly immediately through LinkedIn uh, or my email or through my website at markhogue.com. Let's get David connected with these, with these folks. Uh, he really needs to. Um, meanwhile, go ahead and listen to that episode segment and then uh, come back here when you're done. Thanks so much. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so we've talked quite a bit about the desire to form a consortium amongst the German automakers, and we've been a bit ambiguous in this discussion because it seems to kind of be two motivators behind this. So one is simply to share the costs of technological development. It turns out, you know, spoiler alert, that developing autonomous cars and related technology is a really hugely difficult challenge. So Volkswagen, BMW, Daimler, the parent company of Mercedes-Benz, are trying indeed to form an alliance to develop 
autonomous driving tech, and of course, to help spread the costs amongst them. This makes perfectly good business sense, sure. But there's another reason for all this, and that's, of course, to, well, there is no other way to put it, to simply cover their asses. Uh, there's this sort of looming issue of liability. Um, you know, you got to make sure you do things right. And so in the same way that IEEE was put together a while back to set standards for, well, electrical engineering uh, and ancillary uh, fields, similarly, there really needs to be a set of standards around which autonomous car manufacturers can ensure that they've done things by the book, as it were. Um, I'm not going to get into this too much again, uh, because we have discussed it quite a bit. My firm belief that there will eventually be a very real need, sooner rather than later, for some sort of government oversight. Yes, I realize for those of you here in the States, this seems a bit sort of uh, off, uh, not least of which because essentially everything's left up to all 50 states now to kind of uh, do their own thing insofar as testing. Um, you know... And that's, I mean, I guess it depends on your point of view. As I've said several times, I think on the one hand, if you think about it initially at first blush, okay, this is awesome, great, we can do what we want without the federal government intervening. But then as soon as you stop and think about it for more than like 3.7 seconds, you think, well, this is just awful. I mean, can you imagine trying to make your car conform with all 50 states' requirements? This is just a catastrophe waiting to happen. So I really believe that there is going to be a need for something like a Federal Autonomous Vehicle Administration. So really an FAVA to kind of parallel the likes of the FAA, the Federal uh, Aviation Administration. Um, remember, that started up in about 1956, I believe. And since then, we've seen a marked improvement in aircraft safety to the point where, as recently as several decades ago, uh, aviation really became by far, well, I was going to say the safest way to get from A to B, but really, as I've been fond of describing it, aviation is, well, being in an airplane at cruising altitude is the safest place within the globe. I mean, so that's a pretty astonishing thing to think about. Um, my favorite stat, as I always love to express, and please, actual pilots out there, correct me if I'm somewhat misstating this, but effectively speaking, the statistical likelihood of a twin engine failure in a modern aircraft is effectively zero. The mean time to failure is effectively infinity for both engines to go out. Uh, yes, I know there was an, there was a what was it a seven eight seven on the on the runway the other day. Both engines died after it landed and after it came to a stop. Strictly speaking, that seems to be more of a software issue than a mechanical issue. Regardless, it, this is just don't that, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is the whole reason why aircraft are so safe is precisely because of the FAA mandating it, setting standards, things like you've got to have double, triple, quadruply redundant systems. When have we yet heard a need for such things with autonomous cars? Uh, we haven't. So those are my thoughts, as you know, about the need for consortium. So by all means, bring it on. I think it's a great interim stage and perhaps even more than interim. I don't see sort of a consortium being somehow mutually exclusive with some federal uh, administration. I think they can peacefully coexist. So bring it on now by all means. But we, we've got to keep an eye on the future rolling out a federal administration to do this here in the U.S. and, of course, analogously elsewhere in the world besides. Right. That's all I've got on that. Let's move on now to... MIT's moral machine and the damned trolley paradox. Here we go again. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, so to be clear, obviously I'm not going to dive into a discussion about the trolley paradox again because of course I'm not, for reasons I'm sure you all know why by now. Um, but I will say this. Uh, I didn't realize that MIT's Moral Machine uh, is actually live and open to the public to use. You can find it at moralmachine.mit.edu. That's M O R. A-L machine dot M-I-T dot E-D-U. Um, this is pretty cool. I, I don't know whether this was actually the the web app that was submitted in their official study around the world, but I have no reason to suspect that it wasn't. It's It consists, somewhat oddly now that I think about it, of 13 different scenarios. Um, you, you basically look at a rather simplistic illustration with a path of a vehicle uh, and, and click, uh, it's a binary selection choice. You click either A or B, you know, do you want the car to run over these folks or those folks or drive into a, into a barricade and presumably kill the passengers in the car. And so you do this for like 13 different scenarios and it's, you know, it, it was a little bit tricky for me because obviously I've read the results of the survey. So that undoubtedly biased my decisions a little bit, I think. Um, but, but, you know, I went through and did it, nevertheless, and uh, tried not to give it too much thought, so I kind of flew through it really quickly. I, I just want to kind of share with you my results. Um, it's really cool. When you, when you break down the um, – when, when you see the results of, this, of the uh, experiment, it breaks it down in, in terms of different categories. Like, for example, you know, does it matter does – it, does it not matter or does it matter a lot to you? Things like saving more lives, protecting passengers, and so on. So I'm going to go ahead and share the results here uh, on my Autonomous Hogue Twitter account, you can check them out, and I'd highly encourage you to go ahead and do the survey or run the little experiment for yourself. It's certainly intriguing. It's somewhat morbidly entertaining, I suppose. But but again, and I'm not going to get into this, I promise, but just just um, place your tongue firmly in cheek and remember that this is a completely mind-numbingly pointless hypothetical at this point, uh, that just really has no place in the real world for all the reasons we discussed in the past, not least of which it's an, it's just an impossible, uh, scenario. Uh, alternatively, if it were to occur, programming car with ethics is itself immoral. Um, as, uh, Martin Adler, uh, pointed out in our interview, uh, about a month ago, uh, and you know, it, it just, it's just a purely philosophical debate that has no place outside of a classroom. So anyway, hit up moralmachine.mit.edu, uh, try it out for yourself. Meanwhile, you can see my results on twitter.com slash autonomous When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, last but not least, uh, Apple. What the heck is going on? No idea whatsoever. Uh, They've laid off a further 200 people from their Project Titan autonomous car, which is weird because if you remember, in May, Apple became the second largest company uh, testing autonomous vehicles in California. Only GM's fleet of 100 plus vehicles has topped that list. So, and this, of course, is through the uh, through the uh, cruise automation. Uh, company they acquired um, 
several years ago. So, so this is really weird. I mean, what is Apple up to? I mean, we've discussed this a few times, although not too much, because as you'll see right now, there isn't really that much to discuss apart from just random musings on, well, what's going on. So once upon a time, everybody figured, okay, Apple's obviously going to build a, a charming little car, which is going to be apple and probably quite round and curvy and basically be the iPhone of cars. Well, that was quite a few years ago, and that was kind of before a little company called Tesla became a thing, because uh, by all sort of objective and indeed subjective measures, Tesla really is the, it, it's really the car that Apple would have built. I mean, let's face it. So, okay, so anyway, then, then there was a lot of speculation that Apple was actually not building a vehicle, like it wasn't actually manufacturing, you know, a box with wheels, but rather it was simply developing the software. So I suppose an analogy might be something like, imagine if Apple took Apple's own CarPlay and expanded it to be an entire suite of automatic driver assistance systems, ADAS, um, for the purpose of, uh, you know, rolling out safety mechanisms for all sorts of other vehicles. Uh, just as a reminder, these would include such things as adaptive radar-based cruise control, uh, automatic parking assist, uh, lane keep assist, um, automatic emergency braking. But then the question becomes, what would Apple be doing with this? Um, again, not since... Well, with the exception of, and I should say, with the singular exception of Apple's time under uh, Scully in the 90s, when Apple rather weirdly started producing Apple Macintosh clone computers, that is, sort of borrowing the IBM model and allowing clones to be produced so that third-party manufacturers could create computers running macOS software, um, not since then has Apple ever created a thing, at least not that I'm aware of, uh, that they licensed out to others. But but obviously, if Apple's not building a car, then it must be the case they're building software. And if they're building a software but not the car, then obviously it's for the purpose of licensing it out to others. Now, I just said this out loud, and I just realized I'm being a bit silly. Um, obviously, that's effectively what they've done with Apple CarPlay, isn't it? Um, they built this software, CarPlay, which is available for use on various automakers' cars. Huh. I feel a bit ridiculous right now. They, they have just done that, haven't they? I mean, I'm sure that the automakers have to pay Apple for this, because of course they do. I mean, obviously. Well, if they're already doing it with CarPlay, then surely that's what they're going to be doing with respect to a full onboard ADAS suite of technologies. ADAS, again, being, uh, what, automatic driver assistance systems. Uh, so that actually, wow. I actually literally only just thought about this right now. That is obviously what they're doing. They're building an entire suite of driver assistance systems and technologies, which will effectively be a hopped up version of CarPlay. CarPlay was never meant to, okay, here we go. It's all coming together, connecting the dots. Here we go. CarPlay was never meant to be a thing just so that people could listen to uh, their music you know, their Apple Music in a car so that they could get Apple Maps navigation in their car. Look, after all, Apple just rolled out the ability <clears throat> to use third-party mapping software on CarPlay, right? For example, Waze is now available on CarPlay, as is incredibly Google Maps. If Apple wanted CarPlay to be just about music and maps, they would have never allowed that to happen in the first place. CarPlay isn't a thing for maps and music. It's a Trojan horse of sorts, uh, the historical sort, not the viral sort. Uh, it's a Trojan horse of sorts to get to get 
CarPlay into all vehicles so that Apple can be the software foundation for uh, automatic driver assistance systems, which will then be found in all vehicles. Because in the same way now that you want to find a car which has CarPlay, and I think a lot of people do, I know we certainly do. I have a buddy of mine who just got a new Porsche, and he also was thrilled that it had CarPlay, whereas other uh, cars did not have it. You know, so so I think in the same sort of way, there's going to be a there's going to be a desire to make sure your car is kitted out with Apple's autonomous car systems, also because why not? Better yet, alternatively, just thinking about this even further, I don't think I think it's going to reach a point where a consumer, a prospective shopper for cars, won't even need to really give it any thought. It'll just be there. By virtue of getting a car with CarPlay, you'll necessarily get this entire suite of automated driver assistance uh, functionality. And that's, that is the end game, isn't it? You shouldn't have to think about whether you're going to get a safe car. It either is there or, is it, or it isn't. And if you're buying a new car, say, beyond 2020, of course it's going to have this technology baked in automatically in the same way that it's got tires and an engine, or I suppose an electric motor going forward, rather. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. I think that's what's going on. Now, I don't know why Apple's laying off so many people. That's a bit weird. Maybe it's a matter of just downsizing because because they can. It allows for maybe some better focus, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know what? Mark my words. I think that is precisely what's going on. CarPlay is going to be much more than just music and maps. It's going to be everything. All right, so that's a wrap for today. Sorry for the rather rushed nature of today's episode, um, but I really do need to prep for this this uh, podcast coming out at 11 o'clock with Tucker Ellis. Um, hey, as a reminder, don't forget, please, to follow me on all the social networks at Autonomous Hogue, and be sure to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if indeed you enjoy this show. So without further ado, thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you back here on Tuesday. Bye-bye.